on this week's dose, we have Sebastian Galindo, CEO and co-founder of Maple, the platform that facilitates fun and meaningful first dates. Yeah, unlike other popular dating apps out there like Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, Maple is flipping the model on its head with a focus on local experiences that are tailored to common interests between the two people. Awesome concept from an awesome founder. Originally born in Bolivia, Sebastian moved to the United States for college, where he attended the University of Florida. As a student, he started and sold a laundry startup, which gave him a taste for what an entrepreneurial life could look like. And after starting and eventually winding down a dating app called Jungle, Sebastian took what he learned and went all in on Maple last year. Fast forward to now, and he and the team are raising a $500,000 round and are soon launching an updated version of the app with a hyper-focus on building a community right here in Austin. In the bulk of the interview, you'll hear about Maple, but stick with us through the end to hear about Sebastian's other startup, Next Unicorn, and some simple yet effective advice for the Pilgrims. It was awesome to have Sebastian on the pill, and with that, let's get into this week's dose. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. On this week's dose, we have Sebastian Galindo, CEO and founder of Maple. Sebastian, how's it going? Thanks for taking the time. It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward. Excited to have you. Um, and let's get right into it. We'd love to hear a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey. Tell us a little bit about your background. And did you always intend on becoming a founder? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Bolivia and lived in Hong Kong, China, and Shanghai for about a year and a half. And I came to college to the U.S., to Florida, University of Florida. And my sophomore year, actually, I started a small startup with two of my best friends. And it was a peer-to-peer student laundry service that we ended up selling for about $80,000. So we cashed in about $30,000 each. And that happened within six to seven months. So that's when, you know, I really started seeing the upsides on just being innovative and start entrepreneurial you know, like ideas and why not. So after that moment, we started every single night before we went to the bars, we'd write ideas and problems that we're facing on a day-to-day basis just to try to get a, another company going. And uh, that's when I had the idea for first company was Jungle. It was a dating app that I started my senior year. And funny enough, that happened uh, after COVID hit. You know, like all the bars were closed, but we still knew that all the girls and all the cool, you know, like everybody was still in town. So we said, okay, how can we uh, still see the people that we were used so used to see at the bars, even though the bars were closed? So we started this dating app named Jungle, where you would be able to select your favorite bars and restaurants in town. And then it would show you people that have selected at least one of the things that you chose in common. So. You know, like that was the first sort of gig. And we started a little test flight and we send it. I was in a fraternity. I send it to a couple of people in a fraternity. And within two weeks, we had over 500 people signed up on the test flight. And that's when I realized, okay, you know, we, we might have something here. And 
I was graduating. I had a job lined up, and I said, "Screw it, let's do it." So I got my co-founder Jake. He was working in Wall Street at the time, and I said, "You want to start this?" And he said, "Yeah." So moved down to Miami. We put all, all our money, and uh, we thought raising capital was gonna be so easy, you know, like two years ago. But we we had no idea how to raise capital. Essentially, we never raised capital before. The first startup that we had was fully bootstrapped, so. It was kind of like sort of sort of new, you know, things you don't learn in college and why not. And, uh, and yeah, so we started going to Miami and we started poking investors in the street. Literally went to the Four Seasons lobby and said, hey, you want to listen to a pitch? And, you know, people would say, heck no, or whatever. <laughs> That's when we started getting into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So walk us through that. Like, how did you know? So you, you knew it was worth going all in on kind of when you saw how many users you got so quickly idea had some traction what what made you think that you needed to raise money for this um and and wasn't going to be similar to the first business you started well how we decided to go all in you know like i don't know if you guys ever had the something that you have in your head and no matter what you do you it's always in your head still bugs you at night you can't sleep it's just like i just gotta do it i gotta try it so that was one of the things that we had and we needed to raise capital because our original co-founder that was going to be our CTO, he couldn't, uh, he decided to take a nine to five job. So we needed an, a good engineer to start and build a platform. And we were outsourcing from China at first and moved to India. As you guys probably know, that's a pain in the ass. That most of the times don't work well. So we needed to raise some cash to actually start paying outsource and start moving, you know? And that's when we started, um, reaching out to investors for that company jungle. We were able to raise $150,000, which got us off the ground in, you know, like we started going to college towns and started marketing the platform. We ended up acquiring over 20,000 users within three months. But uh, sadly the company, we had to shut down the company. And uh, a couple of months later we started Maple. So how did, how did, how did that go down, I guess, with Jungle and then transitioning to Maple? Like, what are the main differences? What did you learn from that? And how is it different? Well, yeah, so Jungle was strictly a dating app that you had to select, as I said, you know, like your favorite restaurants, bars, activities, and whatnot. And it worked pretty well in college towns, like Gainesville, Florida, you know, like super small college towns. But as soon as you hit a big city like Austin or New York City or San Francisco, now you have like a thousand bars and a thousand restaurants to select and people are just annoyed at that. So that's just never going to work. And we had a couple of investors in that company that, you know, they were not cooperating to, to help us raise a little more to help us with the pivot and why not. And they said, okay, we're not putting more cash. And you know, we went by default bankrupt. A couple of months later, we still had the idea. Okay. We were able to acquire all these users. Maybe we have the chance on, you know, like pivoting a little more and maybe testing other areas. We might have a really good company here. And that's when I talked to my now new co-founder, Saul. He graduated from Stanford and was working at Google. And I pitched him. He loved the idea. He said, I'm tired of working these uh, corporate jobs. I'm down to start something from scratch. Join you. And we built entire tech from scratch. And yeah, ever since then, we started testing everything that we wanted to test. Now we had the engineer team. We had... Uh, one of the angel investors that invested in the original company, he he also poured another hundred thousand dollars here. He really believed in the team and whatnot. But now with this cash and you know all the, all the team, we're able to test a billion different things that 
that is it's much needed for companies. Yeah, for due diligence and research purposes, and not at all because I'm a single man in Austin, <laughs> I actually downloaded Maple and uh, clicked around. I mean, it's an awesome user interface, and I love the premise and the differentiator that it has compared to Tinder, Bumble, the popular dating apps. You know, it's obviously a pretty saturated or growingly saturated marketplace. So I, I can appreciate how y'all differentiate by helping set people up with, you know, first aid ideas. Um, I guess, what's the process for curating some of those places? Because obviously, you're not recommending every Austin, every Austin restaurant or every, you know, comedy show in the, in the entire city. So I'm curious right. how you go about curating for specific users. Well, it's funny enough that you say that the current build. So the current build that we have on the App Store, it's a dating app. But instead of liking the person right away, you have to like her or like him by suggesting a first day location. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a database of all the restaurants, bars and activities in town. We're able to get partnerships with Open Table and whatnot that let us get extra deals. But we're actually going to launch our newest version in 10 days. It's completely different from this one. And talking about pivots and why not, we realized that if we start making a, our company sort of similar of what, you know, Tinder and why not, companies that are actually failing if you look at the market share and why not, uh, you know, like dating app users are over 400 million and it's the single most hated category in the entire, entire world. You know, dating apps, <laughs> people hate it. So we said, okay, I'm part of my French, but if we start building something, on crap, on top of crap, and then we start putting cream and ice cream, why not? why not? It still tastes like crap. So we have to change the entire model. We have to flip the tables and really just think, okay, how can we make... The first KPI of a dating app, first of all, should be making dates in the real world. You know, So how can we accomplish that goal? And now in 10 days, as I said, we're launching our newest build. That will be uh, a way for you. Let's say we're skipping all the swiping left and right BS. Not, not, no more. So basically, once you create your profile, we're going to ask the right questions, and then we're going to have an, a machine learning AI that's going to pair you with the person. So we're going to tell you, okay, Brandon, are you a morning dater or afternoon, night, whatever? And the whole idea is to get a person that's compatible with you and automatically match you guys saying, okay, Brandon, on Sunday at 2 p.m., you have a date here with Melissa. Accept, reject, or suggest a different place, location, why not? Hmm. So it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you guys seen the Black Mirror episode about dating, but so. that's, yeah. sort of, that's sort of where, where we're hinting at in the sense of we have the technology now, we have, uh, you know, we're asking the right questions in the sign up process and with machine learning, you can actually start pairing based on like how compatible you are with this person or not. And that's where, where, you know, like we're solving basically that people are going to start spending less, swiping left and right and why not. And at the end of the day, the first KPI for the first month will be getting 40 dates. The next month will increase from there. But I think if we start solving the problem, aiming a short KPI, it's super doable. And you learn a lot about like, along the way. But just like Airbnb started, 10 leases, 10 hosts, go from there, figure it out how they're liking, how they're not, how can you do better, better, and then scale it. You know, I think uh, a lot of tech startups, they uh they start thinking, okay, how am I gonna get my first million users? But they're sort of copying products that are already out in the market, and maybe they have another cool or one or two cool API integrations. But the reality is just sort of the same. So if we want to change something from scratch, we really need to think about how we're gonna 
you know, build this new thing and start just testing, testing the real world, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of what you just said reminded me of a couple things. So I wanted to ask, how are you thinking about network effects? You know, you're obviously aiming for a, a an attainable, actionable KPI there, 40 dates in the first month. That obviously goes hands, hand in hand with building up an atomic network in a specific city. So is that going to be within Austin specifically, build a strong community exactly, there? Yep. Yeah, so now uh, most of our users are in Florida, and, uh, Georgia. We launch in those college towns, but now we're going to hyper-focus on Austin. We're raising $500,000 right now from angel investors. And uh, that's going to be for a runway of 18 months. We're going to hyper-focus on Austin. Then we're going to move to San Francisco, but basically just following the Airbnb approach, conquering city by city, knowing what you got. And at the end of the day, people are going to be skeptical about, okay, I'm going to have an AI recommend me a date. But so were people in Airbnb whenever they said, okay, I'm going to have random guys show up to my apartment. At the end of the day, people are going to start using what works best. And what works best is going to be you going on a dating app so you can have a date in a safe place, which is a public venue. And then we have our, you know, safety features that we incorporate while we're at it. Yeah, so that actually segues perfectly into a follow-on question here was, obviously with dating apps, there's a big layer of security and privacy that needs to be focused on. How do you go about ensuring user safety and privacy within the Maple platform? So yes, now that if you say that you're going on a date, why not? You can share your location just like you share it with Lyft or Uber whenever you're doing a ride and you want to share your location with your friends, why not? People can actually start seeing, okay, where is Brandon at? And we have like, what is, what's it called? The red button. That if the date is a little weird, the red button will notify the restaurant owner or the host mm-hmm. of the restaurant. And you'll be like sort of scoring out or, you know, making it a little more effective and less weird to say, hey, uh, fuck off. Essentially. <laughs> yeah, I like as that. As far as that privacy, we have everything encrypted on, I guess. Yeah, that red button idea is really cool. I, I haven't heard of something quite like that. Um, and also tracking back to your previous answer, you touched on it a little bit, but I'd love to. I'd love it if you could walk us through your user acquisition and retention strategies. So as you mentioned, you're going to hyper-focus on Austin right now. You started off in the Miami, Florida, Georgia region, but how are you going to go about you know acquiring users? Obviously, one of the bit most important factors with any startup. Absolutely. So... In, you know, like in the past, we made the mistake of trying to expand to as many cities as possible. Uh, that just doesn't work. I mean, probably works if you have $100 million in funding. But at first, you need to conquer city by city. So hyper-focusing on Austin, we're going to start reaching out to like, what's your main uh, consumer, the main user in this, this case? Will be the people that already tried all these dating apps, already tried going out and why not. And they're just simply saying, okay. I'm gonna try this app and see what, see where it goes. You know, the the main the main goal will be having making sure that the first date it's awesome because that's how they're gonna talk about it. Hey, I just went on this day day that an AI actually paired me up in this restaurant that we both liked. Uh, it went awesome, whatever. And then people are gonna start, you know, with with good outcome. There is also good word of mouth coming in and coming out. So I think that's gonna be perfect. But but yes, focusing hyper focusing on Austin. And then moving to San Francisco and cities, uh, you know. So yeah, and so obviously it's a crowded market. There's the big players, Tinder, Bumble, 
I think Hinge is certainly carving out a big space uh, for themselves as well. Uh, what is your pitch to investors? Uh, how are you? How are you explaining? Because I'm sure they're asking, like, how are you going to carve out your market share? Uh, what What's the pitch to investors? What's convincing them to give you that 500k? Well, a lot of investors actually already get the pain point, and as I said, we're talking about a dating. The dating industry as a whole has over 400 million users, and it is the most single hated category. When people hate something, it's not because it just screams change. And the fact that a lot of these dating apps, they only have one revenue model, which is in-app subscriptions or whatnot, they're trying to put it in front of your face as hard as they can. We're actually a dual revenue model with our business partnerships and whatnot, because if we start bringing users to a restaurant and we can prove that data point, that has a dollar amount at scale. And uh, so far, our investors are very optimistic because if we talk about acquisitions and whatnot, whenever you get acquired, they put a dollar amount in the users. In this case, they're going to put a dollar amount in the user and in the experience as a whole, which, you know, if we bring uh, one date on average will be $30 at a coffee shop, 100,000 dates, that's already $3 million to, uh, to businesses that we're helping out bringing revenue. And then that's how we started integrating our, our business models. Why not? So a little bit more on the business model you, and you made, evolve this over time but is it going to be a percentage that maple takes or is it more a data play that that you have all this data that you can monetize well as of right as of right now we're going to kick it in with uh the user subscription we have a something cool so let's say that if you have a date on sunday already scheduled before the first date hits we're going to let you know hey sam we already have your second date you can see her if you pay five dollars let's say so it's a little enticing for you to know that the first date, it's not over after the first date. You actually have more and more coming up and coming up. And at the end of your first date, we're going to ask a little survey on how was it. And, you know, you're going to start getting, uh, okay, Sam was uh, super outgoing, super funny. Why not? Why not? And everything goes back to your user to your user model. And then we can start having a better match. And so what we tell the users is that we're not going to make it the first date. You want me or soulmate the first date. But as you start going on more and more dates, we collect more and more data about yourself we can automatically pair you up with a better date in the future. But as far as the businesses charging right now, we have a, a lot of uh, coffee shops, restaurants uh, for lunch and dinner in Austin. And we made a simple agreement. All they got to know, all they got to do is cooperate with us, with uh, giving us how much our, our people, like the, the users that we brought into the restaurants actually pay for the dinner and why not. And start building some crucial data points for us to start getting creative on the revenue model. But uh, as of right now, we're going to focus on the user side. Nice. And so just to clarify, is the main point of Maple being to set up that first date? Like if the first date goes well and, you know, you want to start continue or you want to continue dating that person, is that, you know, would you also look to Maple to continue dating future dates? Or is it like we helped you out make the first date? The first date was a smashing success. Now you guys take it from here. Well, the main purpose of the company is help you find someone. And at the end of the day, we know that if you find someone, you guys are going to be chatting through iMessage and why not. But we're going to have cool features that if you want to stick around with that person, then we can have another AI recommendations on what to do next, let's say. Or or hit me up with a random date, you know, like uh, maybe you have a girlfriend and you guys run out of ideas what to do. You guys can actually start getting ideas from this other app where you guys met. But the whole purpose of the company is really just to help people meet their, you know, their, their future one. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah. 
if you go on a first date and first of all, if you go on a first date with someone, you will have to have a lot of things in common where you guys both like crypto, venture, whatever it might be, but there is going to be something <laughs> crucial that you guys have in common. And worst case scenario, you guys are going to have a great conversation having coffee, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'd say on that note, like I like to keep tabs on what's going on in Austin, where are some fun things going on. And one of my favorite things about Maple was by swiping around, I became privy to all these comedy shows and live events going on, um, which I thought was kind of a cool side benefit of Maple as well. It's just like whether or not I bring a date or maybe I want to go with my friends to a comedy show even like it's kind of a cool event organizer platform as well. No, that's right. That's right. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to combine uh, meeting people with experiences. I think that's how it should be done. It shouldn't be an app that shows you people and why not. And after you swipe left and right, you have a match and you don't know what to do. It should be something, okay, here's a person you should meet. And here's a place you guys should go to because you both like X, Y, and Z. And I don't know if I mentioned it, but we're going to take a ballsy approach that as soon as you signed up, your home screen will be a timer. That timer will be 72 hours. And within 72 hours, we're going to pair you up with a compatible date in Austin. So that's the approach we're going to take. We already have over 300 uh, people signed up into this new model. Uh, and most of the people are founders or people that are working, you know, people that they, they just don't have the time to be on Tinder two hours a day, or they don't have the time to go to the bars anymore. They really just want to have the shot of meeting someone in a cool place and go from there. Yeah. And on that note, I think people don't want to spend the time. They also don't, I feel like they don't want to spend the money, but then if you reframe it as an investment in, in the dating process, right, you're going to end up maybe spending, you know, a good amount of money on that date. So what, you know, what's to say spending a little bit of money on some of the premium features on Maple. That's right. That's right. I mean, people, yeah, people like, uh, there's both sides of the coin, you know, like some people like actually spending, uh, going to a fancy dinner for the first date. Some people like just super, something super casual, a coffee at Starbucks, that'll do it for them. So in the sign up process, we're going to ask these questions as well. You know, are you more keen to go on a morning date or afternoon? Why not? What's your budget for a first date as much as, much as dollars amount? And why not? We're trying to understand our users and we're trying to make it the best we can do for them. And I think this will be possible through machine learning and AI. Whether it's Maple that accomplished this goal or, or a startup, you remember that in five years, the top of the dating industry will be a company that's purely AI driven. How do you think uh, the big players, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, how do you think they are going to be participating in that wave? If you predict, you know, do, do you think that they're just going to be too slow to change their model? Um, or how do you think they're thinking about using AI and ML? Well, I think uh, big companies like Tinder, Facebook, they have big hierarchies too. In order to change something and to try something from scratch, you may lose all, you know, you're, you're a public company. You lose a lot of uh, shareholder values and then you get a short sell somewhere else. It's a little more risky actually trying new things. I know they're going to incorporate some AI for matchmaking or swiping, but it's still the same issue. It's a swiping, it's a waste of time. If you have to go to an app and only spend 10 minutes in your sign-up process, make it the best you can do, and just let it go from there and have a compatible person in a cool place, you're going to say, holy shit, you know, this is badass. But the hard part now is making it happen 
which we're working really hard, but we're very optimistic that this 40 days first month KPI, that's the main priority goal. And as I said, focusing on 40 dates is super doable. If I have to go to the street and talk to potential daters for this potential day, whatever it might be, we're going to be doing whatever is necessary. But I think uh, sort of like what Airbnb did at first, focusing on 20, you know, like uh, people uh, listing their apartment and whatnot, and then getting the, the right people to actually just go to your apartment and be super nice to the host and be, hey, you need help cleaning the apartment, why not? At the end of the, at the, end of the stay, the host say, holy shit, these guys were the best, you know, guests ever. They just talk to their friends, we're friends. With, and that's how you build a company around community too. Community feedback, I think, is crucial. And that's our entire model now. Yeah, take a page out of the Destin Bell uh, cardio book and go out <laughs> on the trail and just talk to people. You got to do things that don't scale, you know, and I think it's that helpful. That's exactly right. No, that's what we do. We do, uh, we send out 50 questions, surveys every single day. Uh, I have my engineering team because I have my co-founder, Saul, Leandro, and four more engineers. So we have six engineers on the team. Uh, two of them actually started uh, getting deep into the psychology of love. What do people look? So let's say if I go tomorrow to you, Sam, and I say, hey, Sam, I met this girl. She's literally like, she's going to be your wife. <laughs> what are the first five questions you're going to ask? Are probably going to be, is she attractive or where she from? You know, there's crucial questions that people ask. But then if I'm in the same room with you, Sam, for like five hours, eventually you're going to start picking into a little more deeper questions about like, how do you meet her? Or was she fun? Or blah, 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 blah. X, Y, and Z. And I think... Uh, it's very interesting, you know, like um, our competitors, let's say Match Group, their valuation is a little less than 40 billion. They started decreasing a lot. And I think we're talking about an industry that has the potential of literally matchmaking everybody. And at the end of the day, we're talking about an industry that's purely driven in human psychology, human nature at the end of the day. You know, you're always trying to meet somebody. And we're getting into a new era of technology. And I think uh, it's going to be highly possible now. Are are all the team members single? Have to ask. <laughs> they're single. They're single. I did meet my girlfriend through Maple, and it was funny enough because on their profile, she was an entrepreneur, and I recommended a tech event for our first date, and that's how we hit it off. Oh wow! Nice. I started oh, dating two months ago. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's awesome. That's... I was... Yeah. It works. It works. So now we just <laughs> try to make it as frictionless as possible, and as cool as possible, and just innovate. You know. They said, just flip the table, flip the model and see where he goes. Yeah. No, I was going to ask if there's any notable success stories uh, within the app and you just listed one right there. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was no, going to say, perfect. otherwise, to reach that KPI of uh, 40 dates, you might have to go on 20, whatever it takes, right? To, I, already <laughs> have, first month. I already have my co-founder, Jake, hitting the gym every day. He's getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um Shifting gears real quick as we transition towards the end here, uh, you were talking a little bit about how you see the future in AI and Sam and I, every week, it's another handful of companies that are you know innovating one way or the other within AI. Um, and while digging into your profile a little bit deeper, I saw that you're also working on Next Unicorn, I believe it's yeah. called. Mm -hmm. um, so real quick, would love to hear you know the elevator pitch on that. I know it leverages AI as well, but I'll, uh, I'll let you take it from here. But from next unicorn is crazy. You usually don't start to startups, but that was one of the things that I had to do it. So the whole idea started here in Austin, actually. All you know, you come to Capital Factory, 16th floor, and then you see 
every guy that looks stressed it's a founder that's raising capital so <laughs> you have all these guys who are like hey sebastian can you look at my pitch deck or do you have five minutes so i can pitch you my business i'm gonna i'm gonna make this venture capital or whatever later on uh, you're like okay sure you know and then you start realizing that all these guys are practicing using their iphone recording being okay i'm pitching today and it's five minutes i'm pitching tomorrow it's four minutes then they're going over the recordings and whatnot. At the end of the day, it's so cringe to listen to your voice over and over. So that was one of the key points that I said, okay. And then the other one was the pitch deck factor that everybody wanted to get your feedback on their pitch deck, but they wanted to sit down with you either on a Zoom call or in person because they wanted your feedback page by page. They just don't want a general feedback. Hey, it looks good. No. So I went to TechCrunch Disrupt for uh, in San Francisco, I think November, October. And I had this idea already going on. I was like, fuck, I wish there was a company that does this for founders or somehow because we actually need it. And then I met my now new co-founder, Lucas. He's a researcher at Yale. Probably easiest, one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. I talked to a guy and in a talk over dinner, he said, let's make this a company. I have all the tools that we need. I have a, a, a professor in computer science at Yale that I think will be very keen because I just did a, um, a presentation on actually AI models for presentations and why not reading body language, corp, you know, a lot of things. And we said, okay, let's talk to this guy. We talked to a professor. The professor was keen to come as an advisor. And we started building it. So what is Next Unicorn? Uh, Next Unicorn essentially is a, it's an AI tool that helps you present your company better. And we use that by reading your body language and whatnot. And we take a step farther. We take a step farther by doing a data analysis. So as soon as you start pitching your company, we tell you, okay, Sebastian, these are the latest dating apps in the industry, X, Y, and Z. These are the amount of money that they have raised. These are all the investors. They put money into this company. And the coolest part that we're building right now on the latest MVP is that you're going to be able to click on the person of that investor. And right away, we're going to, we have all the public data. So we tell you, okay, Brandon likes basketball, X, Y, and C. And then your original pitch, we modified it to pitch to Brandon based on the interest that Brandon has. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing right now. And it's very awesome. We already have a lot of founders using it on the day-to-day. And right now we're working on the final MVP. We're actually going to do it for sales. It's going to be a sales tool more where you can train. The manager will be able to set KPIs for the sales team. Say, okay, you guys need to train X, Y, and C. You get the AI recommendations on how to do it, what better. And if you're going to present to Sebastian tomorrow because you had a little LinkedIn outreach, click on Sebastian Galindo. And within seconds, we already have the public data of Instagram, LinkedIn. Why not? This guy, this guy likes X, Y, and C. And we modify your original pitch that you've been practicing on, how to pitch this guy. So I think it's very cool. So, Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I mean... The way you integrate all these different pieces of data into tailoring, you know, a presentation for each unique startup. Awesome concept and excited. I mean, I imagine or I know having AI and machine learning, leveraging those technologies certainly, you know, helps both founders that are using the platform as well as you just gathering all of these different pieces of information. And it's, it it's, it's amazing. I use it. Exactly. I use it myself a lot of, a lot of the times now. Uh, for Next Unicorn, uh, Lucas and I, we just bought a data set of $40,000 on data set of like LinkedIn profiles, crunch base and whatnot. So everything that I just said will be very, very doable within seconds. And the MVP will be out within the next three weeks. Got it. So 
I'm curious, granted you have strong teams with both startups, but what's it like being, you know, the founder of two startups? How do you balance your time? How do you possibly have enough time for both in a day or, you know, in any given period of time? It, it, It is crazy. So what I started doing, there's people that have done it, you know, before, like, from scratch, no money started doing it. Because obviously there's founders like Elon Musk, but you never compare mm-hmm. yourself to guys that already have billions. But essentially, Jack Dorsey was one of them. He started Square and Twitter at the same time, no money. And it's doable. It's all about productivity and how you structure your day. So I started doing something really cool, which is there's this book they say, normal people have one day in 24 hours. Super productive people have three days in 24 hours. So if you break down your day into three days, and let's say and I, wake, I wake up at 4.30 a.m., go to the gym, and then come to the office. But my day one starts at 4.30, and my day one ends at 10.30 a.m. And I have my task, what I need to do in day one. Everything I need to do. Day two starts at 10.30, ends at 4.30, and day three starts at 4.30, ends up at 10.30, so you can go to bed. So if you start structuring your day into tasks per day, you know, you're not, uh, you're not procrastinating. You're not doing anything but doing the work at the end of the day. Right now, we're only focused on the tech side and, and it's, it's been going great so far. Obviously a lot of stressful, hella more stressful. And I mean, I'm lucky that I have these two incredible teams. Maple has obviously a lot more guys on the team. We have 10 guys working on the company and next unicorn, we have three, my co-founder, Luca, and we made two engineer hires. Yeah, so you're clearly plugged into the startup scene. Um, you know, we always like to ask our guests, what are some startups that you're tracking? Maybe they're in Austin, maybe not, that you think are super compelling. Maybe we should have somebody on the show or cover them in, in their next fundraising round. Most definitely. One of my good friends, Will from Milme, just raised a Series A of over $30 million. So I could definitely hook you up with Will. He's an awesome founder, very young too. He's yeah. 23 years old. Tell us about, wait, tell us about that that company. What do they do? Uh, Milm is an API. So they have an API integration for companies and they have a database of literally all the restaurants, convenience stores, whatever you can buy on the street, they have it. So you can plug it in and make it, you can make your own Uber Eats, let's say with their API. It's very cool. It's very cool. They're making, they're making millions of dollars in revenue already. And they just made a huge raise. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'd, we'd, we'd love to be in contact with them and, you know, we kind of got in touch with you through Destin from Cardio, as well as Josh Clifford's from Freewater. So it's kind of awesome to continue the chain and keep, you know, seeing networking working in, in real life. This is the proof right here. Um, another thing we like. That's right. That's another right. thing we like to have our guests do is provide a little bit of insight or advice for the pilgrims, which are our listeners out there who want to get into venture, whether that's on the founder side of things or the investor side of things but don't exactly know how or where to start. The best advice you can give is the advice that I received. You just got to do it. Just go for it. Don't be scared. You're going to fail a billion times. And a lot of people, I think they don't start. It's because of the ego problem. They're scared. They're going to be, oh, you know, I'm going to fail. What my parents going to say? My friends, X, Y, and Z. Just fuck the world. Just do what you want and start, you know, progressing as you do it i mean this is the best life you can have i think you don't report to anybody but yourself and if you don't do the job right you you can fire yourself too and that's the worst punishment you can have because you go to bed depressed i think we've all faced it yeah it's all it's all in it's your whole life and 
who knows like, if, you, step, yeah. if you didn't start uh that original business the laundry service in college you you know you wouldn't have learned certain things and you wouldn't have had that mindset to start the uh jungle and then you wouldn't have started maple who knows you know it's all such a domino effect you just never know if you don't go for it so i think no, i think so yeah part. i mean i also think uh we are in the world for limited time and i think we gotta leave our mark and just live a life that's exciting and there's nothing more exciting than just building great products just innovating stuff that you build is like having a baby you know you're raising your kid maybe you got your kid into karate or fucking tennis or golf and then you see this guy became a pro he just looks fucking phenomenal. <laughs> the feeling that you had as a parent i think it's great too Totally. I think, I think Sam and I can both resonate with that. We, we consider venture pill, our baby granted, it's not, you know, an innovative product and we're not out there raising hundreds of thousands, but similar to, similar to what you even said before, it's just, you can kind of spin your wheels forever trying to find the perfect start and the perfect product, but you really just got to put pen to paper or voice to microphone in our instance and just kind of go with it and exactly keep yeah. iterating. And, you know, over time, just trust that you'll find, the right products for what you're looking for, what the audience is looking for. And it's similar to a startup. No, exactly. Exactly. And you guys, and you guys, you know, you can tell I did that. I started it. We put in the work, we put in the hours from editing or just reaching out to people. I think that's the best feeling ever. I mean, getting money in corporate is it's, it's okay, but having your babies, <laughs> I mean, it's just fucking great. I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Sebastian. Uh, came highly recommended from a couple of other guests. We'll have to follow up with you um, to to set that interview up that uh, that you suggested. Um, before we let you go, what's the best way for people to uh, get in contact with you, follow you on social media, follow your companies? Go ahead and plug. Yeah, they can go to LinkedIn, Sebastian Galindo. I don't know, Facebook, Sebastian Galindo too. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll link all that into the into the show notes, and um, hopefully some pilgrims reach out. Uh, hope to help spread the word about Maple, especially in, in Austin. I think we have a good good size Austin listener base, so we'll we'll be it's amazing, we'll be perfect. The word. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great, great meeting you guys. It's been it's been fun. Great meeting you, Sebastian. Yeah. Appreciate you taking the time. We'll have to hook you up with a uh, Venture Pill T shirt. You've you've earned the merch, and. Uh, <laughs> let's do it let's do it heck yeah once we have merch i, I got you guys too and anytime we go for a drink yep. that, that sounds yep. good yes sir let's do it, let's do it. all right guys thanks for listening join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital and as always we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage see you next time She only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibes a little okey, okey, dokey. That's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do.